Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers Thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. I'm a small business owner, and I believe that this is a great tool for other small business owners. In small businesses, you need to create a team. And if you're starting by yourself, Constant Contact can be the team that you need. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by the 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's been a very tough few days in South Africa, and I'm about to get emotional. It's been devastating on so many levels. People are livid. We don't even really know how many people have tested. Everything has just been cut just like that, without any warning. And that's what is so awful about this business. You do your public health right. You tell people what you suspect. You're honest and you're open. And then a few days later, bam, you get cut off. Hello, and welcome to the Global Goalscast, the podcast that shows how we can change the world. In this episode, the COVID gamble. High-income countries put a big bet on vaccines. But vaccines are not enough. They never have been enough, even if we had enough vaccine. And now the challenge is clear. A new variant has spooked the world. South Africa did the right thing and warned everybody right away of the new variant. And as a reward, the world has pulled up its gangplanks, cutting off Southern Africa from travel and commerce. We'll talk about all of that and much more right after this. 
This episode of Global Goalscast is brought to you by our listeners. That's right, listeners like you who care about the future. Please spread the word. Tell your friends about Global Goalscast. Hit the like and subscribe and give us five stars. Thanks also to CBS News Digital and Universal Production Music. Welcome back. I'm Edie Lush. And I am Claudia Romo Edelman. Edie, how do we get the world to listen? We keep saying the pandemic is not over. I understand how much we want it to be over, how many of us need it to be over so that we can work and hug our families and have Thanksgiving dinners openly and freely. Our needs and wants don't really mean anything to the coronavirus. It continues to spread and mutate. It is very scary, isn't it? And this is just what my old boss, David Navarro, the special envoy for the World Health Organization, warned us would happen. The new variant was first identified by researchers at an HIV lab in Botswana. Then, South African public health officials realized it was spreading quickly and sounded the alarm. The WHO quickly branded it a variant of concern, their highest level of alert. The last variant they labeled this way was the Delta variant. Which has now spread all around the world. Here at the Global Goalscast, we believe knowledge and understanding are our best defense against panic and intolerance. So when news of this new variant broke, we hustled to get to the regular briefing by Dr. Navarro so that we can understand what's happening and share the facts with you. Hello to those of you I can see with your videos on, to Edie. Lovely to see you, and uh, hello to Mike. Hello to Jane. Obviously, not an easy time to be in South Africa. You're wondering about flights and everything. Want to give you the floor pretty early on in the discussion session if you're on. We do need to focus on just what is happening with regard to variant B11529. B11529 has now been given a Greek letter, Omicron. Jane is Jane Batam, a public health consultant in Johannesburg. It's been a very tough few days in South Africa, and I'm about to get emotional. It's been devastating on so many levels. The first one is economically both potential further knockdowns and loss income from international visitors that won't be coming in an already very fragile economy that is collapsing around us is, is devastating. It's devastating on the scientific level because we should be celebrating, as you said, how advanced our scientists are in identifying and characterizing the variants. But instead, here at home, they're being criticised for bringing the variant to attention and putting the country in in risk of collapse. So we should be really celebrating our scientists, but instead they are being really criticised. 
on a personal level for so many who face the possibility of lockdown again, when they've just been getting back to work, where we're just beginning to see some kind of return. People are tired of lockdown, as we all know, so that whole potential of people just not wanting to listen and hear about lockdown is also devastating. There are so many people who are going to travel or have family come to see them after these years of not being able to see them from the UK, from Zimbabwe, as you mentioned, from around. All of that's been kind of just wiped out in the last two days. And perhaps why I'm crying is because on my own personal level, I was due to be traveling right now to Rome to facilitate a big world food program meeting next week. And I'm not able to travel anymore, partly because I hear that I would have to be quarantined. And then secondly, I got the devastating news today. My 91-year-old aunt has been diagnosed with COVID-19 in the retirement village where she lives. I can only pray that the double Pfizer dose will protect her and see her through this time because as much as she's had a good life at 91 years, you never want someone to die of the horrible way that COVID-19 takes you. So David and all of you, thanks for the love you're showing. I'm sorry I'm crying, but it's just been a devastating last 48 hours. Thanks, David. Jane, we've known each other many years. We've been professional colleagues and friends for many years. It goes on and we're all together with you. This whole group, the hearts are coming out on the, on the screens. They mean something. I mean, it was heartrending to listen to Jane describe what she was going through in South Africa, even as the UK was throwing down the portcullis in terms of travel. We all feel for Jane and for the people in South Africa. This has become very complicated as countries look out for themselves. Exactly. And I can understand that in the UK, too. And I think we have to hold the consequences of what we do in mind as well. And Jane's tears really reminded me of that. I've been talking a lot to the people who've been trying to do the work on this in WHO. They make the following points. Number one, we know about B11529 because of absolutely brilliant work by South African immunologists and virologists. They have done the gene sequencing. They have found out that actually you can pick up this particular variant because it behaves slightly unusually on PCR testing. So they've given us the information. They've given it really early. They didn't hide it at all. They've got about 100 looks like isolates of people who they think have got it. And, you know, the first thing they said to everybody was, please don't punish South Africa because we've been so, so open about this. Please don't. And, you know, no sooner had the information got out two days ago than people start talking about stopping all flights. South African people who were planning to travel back to Zimbabwe 
or to Namibia or Botswana for the festive season, or perhaps further widely, you're going to find it difficult to move around. And that's what is so awful about this business. You do your public health right. You tell people what you suspect. You're honest and you're open. And then a few days later, bam, you get cut off. And you know, the thing I've learned about the South African economy is it is really fragile. I was talking at an event in Pretoria recently where a number of vice chancellors from different universities were coming together. The one message they had for me was, we can't do further movement restrictions in South Africa because of this virus. We just can't. We haven't got any money left in the bank, in the treasury, to provide furloughs. And of course, we can't stop poor people from being able to earn money, to buy food, to stop themselves from being hungry, if we don't have enough resources to give them benefits. But there ain't enough money in the bank. So South Africa has not got the luxury of being able to go back into lockdown for any length of time or to go back into even gentler restrictions like curfews. It's going to have to be dealt with through good quality public health, really good relations between government and people. It'll be difficult, especially if this variant is misbehaving. But the South African government and people will need all the solidarity of everybody. The last thing we want is people saying, oh, we'll cancel flights, but what's it do? What does it do? So this is where I'm at at the moment, everybody. I am so fixated on the importance of solidarity and so fixated on the unfairness of single-handed, high-handed responses, and particularly high-handed responses from rich countries who've been hoovering up the vaccine and who've been making it difficult for poor countries to cope. You know, we actually need to be able to count on each other in dealing with this pandemic. It's got months and years to run. So let's just, let's just be civil to each other. In Southern Africa, there is a rage against the rich world. Megan Mutepfa is a professor at the University of Botswana and an expert on the impact of COVID-19. She was calling in from Gaborone, where the new variant was first identified. People are livid. We don't even really know how many people have tested. Everything has just been cut just like that, without any warning. It's the not knowing that must make it so difficult for you all. Not being able to plan, not being able to organize, and then the slight fear you don't know what's happening. I picked it up in your voice. I know you're not crying, but I, I know you well enough to know that you're a bit scared. Thank you for sharing with us. Megan, anything that we can do to help? Tell us what we need to say to the rest of the world. I think you actually need to tell them that the way they are reacting will make people not disclose new variants or uh, cases of COVID because they are scared they will be cut out or cut off. So I think they, they shouldn't sort of punish people for being honest or for being 
able to do their job. Megan, thank you for your bravery and thank you for being a real world citizen, connecting with us in this way. The new variant has really highlighted the flaw in how the rich world has been managing this pandemic. I want to stress that within WHO, the feeling is that vaccination alone is not going to be an effective way of getting out of this pandemic. And so, although there are many countries that are saying to everybody, get yourself boosted, and there are some countries that are trying to vaccinate now children, 12 to 5, our position is that you have to combine vaccination with efforts to reduce transmission. Otherwise, the gamble is really too much. What is the gamble? The gamble is that the vaccines alone will not do enough because A, they do not actually stop the virus being transmitted. So you still get virus transmission even when you've been vaccinated. So the virus is still going to be circulant. And so you cannot expect to stop circulation by using vaccination. And the second reason why we believe that reliance on vaccination alone is a gamble is that this virus is mutating. And mutations lead to the arrival of variants that could be capable of dodging the vaccine. We don't know yet whether Omicron can evade the vaccines, but Dr. Nabarro told us what we do know. WHO is today hosting a meeting of its technical advisory group on virus evolution because of a worry that this variant, as well as possibly being able to move more easily between people, also might be capable of causing more unpleasant disease. And because of the mutations that exist on the spike protein of the virus, it may be able to break through the defenses that current vaccines offer. And that's where the gamble comes, you see? If you're relying on vaccination to keep people safe, to keep your health workers safe, to keep your health systems working, and you've got a virus that is capable of bypassing the vaccine, for some, it will feel like going back to the beginning. And that's the worry. I've been pushing like anything to try to stop rich countries from just hoovering up more vaccines more st stores for boosters. I can quite understand you want to do boosters, you're worried, you've got health system overload. But you know what I would have done? I would have simply kept people wearing masks, including on public transport. I'd have kept people trying to have enough distance so they don't inhale each other's exhalations. I would have tried to get more emphasis on hygiene. I would have really gone for ventilation in closed spaces. I would have focused on well-fitting masks, not rubbish masks that sit below your nose, but getting that mask properly fitting. I'd be listening to my friend Peter Hebert, who says perhaps you need to get a, a surgical mask under a cloth mask. But why not do that? 
Why not do it? We know that masks reduce the risk by at least 50% if they're worn in a situation where there's a high level of transmission. Why not do it? Why simply just say, we won't bother with the mask, we won't bother with physical distancing, we'll go for freedom. We won't worry if it leads to health workers getting overloaded because health systems are messed up. I just think it's wrong. I think it's really wrong. All of Europe should be having all leaders, whether they are from the left or the right, making it clear to all people that the right thing to do is to be wearing a face mask, properly fitting at all times, maintaining physical distancing so that you don't breathe in, exhale the air of others, ventilating crowded spaces, and then practicing good hygiene. And yes, that may mean some venues have to get shut, so be it. But that at least will mean that the economy will be able to keep going for the majority. One major lesson of this pandemic is that simple measures executed properly can make a big difference. Dr. Navarro turned to Peter Herbert, an engineer. Peter is a passionate evangelistic engineering ambassador. And what he's done is he's joined forces with us to say engineers have something to offer as well as public health people. And he has shown very clearly that actually the way you wear the mask and the type of mask, it might be at least as important as the what vaccine you're vaccinated with. David said a very important thing to me when we first met on, online, that you, you have to get a significant dosage to get infected. So everything you do to reduce that will make a difference. I talk about masks, but the, the most important thing is not just a mask, it's going to be the best one. And there is a huge disparity. We talk about percentages effectiveness of vaccines, but you really need to look at the effectiveness of these masks because this one is, is 600 times better than the new standard for face coverings. So please do not rely on face coverings because they give you false confidence. Then think about the fact that this is doing the same job as a vaccine in terms of transmission. It reduces your infectiousness and it reduces the risk of getting infected and it reduces the amount of viral load you're putting out there. So to find out the best mask to use, have a look at our show notes. We'll put a link there. One of the things I love about Dr. David Navarro is that he can be both passionate and very clear-minded all at once. How was it working with him? Well, you know, it was tough, tough, tough. The, the, the best school in the world, he was very strict, and very demanding, but at the same time, very clear about where we needed to go. That period of time that I was working with David was probably the time in my life that I worked the most. I was so passionate myself about getting the job done, and I owe a lot of the things that I've learned professionally to David, a very, mm. very important masterminder in the world. Mm. Right, so we need clarity and we need to spread facts, not the virus, right now. So what do we know? We know that there is a new variant. 
We know that it's spreading quickly, but we don't know yet if it will evade the vaccine. Exactly. And I think that that's one of the most important pieces that we have to offer to you. The clarity of someone that really knows, that is saying, take a deep breath. Let's actually just understand what we know and what we don't know. And let's not start panicking and predicting. And most importantly, do not spread fake news about like whether mm -hmm. New York is in a state of alert or whether we have to take down everything that we shouldn't actually ever talk to anybody that is from South Africa. Yeah, I, I think where I have come to is that when you think about responding with empathy, you come to a different place. So I can understand why the UK has stopped flights coming into the UK from Southern Africa, because it does have the hammer effect of giving us, the world, time to figure out what this new variant is, how we need to deal with it. But when we slam that portcullis down so quickly without thought of what it means to those on the outside of it, outside of the castle, it feels careless, at least, and it could be damaging. So instead, I wonder if we think about responding with empathy, what does that look like? And one of the things I thought was, okay, well, it could be if we find out that this new variant does evade the vaccine, maybe we agree that first doses of a retooled vaccine go to Southern Africa through COVAX. Maybe it does mean that we agree additional money going towards a public health information campaign in these countries to increase vaccine take up. Those are just two things I came up with, and I'm sure there's lots of other smarter things. But I wonder if, as David Nabarro, as everyone on that call encourages us to do, respond thinking about the rest of the world instead of just the people in your within your borders, you, you kind of come to a different place. So with that, I want you to stay safe, Claudia. I am suffering from a cold as well as my the after effects of the flu jab and the booster, full disclosure here. And I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks for you, for everybody on the team at Global Goals Cast, and also the team at 4SD. It is such a great partnership. David, Catherine, Tessie, everyone who joined the briefing. You're right, Edie. It's Thanksgiving weekend for those countries that celebrate it. And for those countries that don't celebrate it, it's great to be grateful and thankful. And I take the opportunity to be grateful as well for all the work that we have done. Five seasons in Global Goals Cast, including our gurus, Michael Reskes, Simon Cordes, and, and everyone. You're right, Edie. This is a good opportunity, particularly when we're scared. And in panic, it's, it's really a good opportunity to be grateful for what we have, including our health. And thanks to our audience for listening. Stay safe, wear a mask, spread facts, not the virus. And give us all of the stars, right? Absolutely. Okay. See you soon, Claudia. Take care. And we want to leave you with a touching moment from the online briefing between David and his grandson. Let me just see, uh, there she is, my daughter Polly, and we might just see a little one there. So you can say hello. That is gorgeous, Otto. Hello, Otto. Thank you for joining, Polly. Otto's been with us right through. Yeah, he just, uh, yeah, God, don't give it a bit Hello, Otto. It's always difficult to speak to come. Love you, Otto. Bye-bye, Paul. Bye. See ya. Bye, everybody. Have a lovely rest of the day.
Global Goalscast was hosted by Edie Lush and Claudia Romo Edelman. We are editorial gurued by Mike Oreskes. Editing and sound production by Simon James. Our operations director is Michelle Kuprider. Music in this episode was courtesy of Universal Production Music, one of the world's leading production music companies creating and licensing music for film, television, advertising, broadcast, and other media, including podcasts. Original music by Neil Hale, Angelica Garcia, Simon James, Katie Crone, and Andrew Phillips. Thanks also to CBS News Digital. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. I'm a small business owner, and I believe that this is a great tool for other small business owners. In small businesses, you need to create a team. And if you're starting by yourself, Constant Contact can be the team that you need. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by the 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.